Curtis Lewa. Curtis Lewa. Rip and read. Check this out. This is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Talking about now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Rip and Read. Timex, this show, without a doubt, has the most eclectic musical selection of any here on WABC because this this just blends in to what everybody is asking themselves. Why did Tucker Carlson and the Fox News Channel part ways? Uh, we haven't heard from Tucker Carlson yet. He apparently is hunkered down with the same lawyer. That's Don Lemon. Oh, my God, Don Lemon. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. But with Tucker Carlson, uh, he's going to want a close to $25 million payout uh, in going au revoir. But the Murdochs have a whole variety of ways of getting their story out there. And just about an hour ago... Unbeknownst to anybody here at WABC who wasn't talking about it, Brian Kilmeade can't talk about it. Uh, there's a uh, obviously an embargo on anybody associated with Fox talking about Tucker Carlson. But I sure can talk about Tucker Carlson, and I can go to the Bible of the Murdoch Empire, which is the Wall Street Journal. And so just about an hour ago, they released uh, probably what is uh, a lot of truth and not rumor into why Tucker Carlson was cut in the manner that he was. Apparently, the, uh, the court process involving Dominion was not the reason. The reason was all the redactions that the lawyers had to make in terms of uh, information that had been culled from the other talk show hosts and hostesses and executives of the Fox News that by subpoena had to be turned over to the uh, attorneys representing Dominion in this lawsuit. Uh, Tucker Carlson, uh, it says here, had called a senior Fox News executive the C-word, I would assume that's the woman who calls the shots there at the Fox News Channel. He told his colleagues that he wanted the world to know what he had said about this female executive in a private message. And uh, naturally, the ownership and the management of the Fox News Channel said, yo, you can't do that. 
And Carlson said comments he made about former President Donald Trump, quote, I hate him passionately, unquote, that were in the court documents, were said during a momentary spasm of anger, while his dislike of this female executive was deep and enduring. Without knowing who this uh, female executive uh, is, I got to assume that it doesn't go any higher than the woman who is in charge, basically, of the day-to-day operation uh, of the uh, Fox News channel. Uh, And that would be a Rubicon. That would be a Maginot line you just don't want to cross. If, in fact, this is all true. The private messages in which uh, Tucker Carlson show disregard for management and colleagues were a major factor in the decision to terminate him. That if the redacted material would have become public, because there is so much redacted material that Dominion uh, has agreed uh, that it should remain redacted, it would lead to further embarrassment uh, for the network and parent company And, you know, eventually that's going to leak out. You have another lawsuit that is pending, Smartmatic. They're probably going to want more than Dominion got. And they may just decide uh, to leak out exactly what the redacted comments by Tucker Carlson were towards the female executive there at Fox. Now, it's interesting because... We talk about how popular Tucker Carlson uh, was. There's no doubt about that. But it was the second most popular telecast overall behind the afternoon talk show, The Five. And I've always told all of you that it's the real estate, the real estate to be able to broadcast on the Fox News channel. I remember I was one on one of the last programs involving the host Eric Bowling on The Five And he had his contributors uh, on board. And remember, uh, he was found to have been sending uh, private shots of his uh, three-piece set, and I'm not talking about the knife, the spoon, and fork, to unwilling uh, females at the Fox News channel who just did not want to see his private anatomy. So they uh, fired him, and they cleared the deck of the five there, everybody who was there. I think Kat was there at the time, uh, Ebony was there, a whole bunch of folks, uh, and they, they got swept out also. Some landed on their feet at Fox, others went in a different direction. The point is, uh, like interchangeable parts, they put together a five, they replaced uh, the five of Eric Bowling that was doing very well, and they're doing better than ever before. So all these, all this talk about, oh my God, they'll never survive, well, uh, let's think about it. You had... Roger Ailes, they watched him out. Oh, they'll never do as well as when Roger Ailes was at town. They've, they've done better. Megan Kelly, you remember? She was on that network at least for 12 years. She opted to leave for more money at NBC, and that was a disaster. She should never have left the Fox News channel unless she had to. Glenn Beck, he decided to go south to Texas to form his own network. Uh, what, what have you heard of Glenn Beck since? Bill O'Reilly, although he has landed on his feet, will never be more popular than he was when he hosted the 8 o'clock edition of the Fox News Channel. And soon after, they just plugged in Tucker Carlson, and he did as well, if not better. It's the real estate. It's the real estate. 
And I think in this particular case, as you read through, uh, you read through the Wall Street Journal piece here, uh, Tucker Carlson clearly got too big for his britches. There's no doubt about that. And uh, it says here repeatedly that executives, management, and ownership of the Fox News channel believed that Tucker Carlson was bigger than the network itself, which is a cardinal sin in the Fox Corporation of the Murdoch family. And I completely believe that, because it seemed like he was heading in that direction. In recent years, battles between Tucker Carlson and Fox management got so bad that former Trump aide Raj Shah was appointed to be his internal advocate and an intermediary between Tucker Carlson and Fox Communication Department. That's a bad sign right there. Uh, Tucker Carlson was livid that Fox News didn't do more to protect him from the negative press coverage around the Dominion case, in which he would have had to have testified if they hadn't settled. He's blaming Fox when it was his own texting that would have sunk him on that stand if he, in fact, were cross-examined. In the messages released in the legal proceedings, Tucker Carlson voiced skepticism about Sidney Powell, the primary purveyor of the conspiracy theory. She's a total whack job, by the way. That Dominion's technology helped steal the election from Mr. Trump. Given that, Tucker Carlson felt the narrative in press coverage had been different and let Fox executives know of his constant displeasure with them. The Dominion court filings were filled with examples of him disparaging colleagues up and down and all around, not only in the Fox hierarchy, but with those that he had to work on in terms of his own programming. Inside Fox News, there had been a growing sense that Tucker Carlson couldn't be managed and viewed himself as untouchable. That is a dangerous situation. Don Imus wasn't untouchable. None of us are untouchable. No TV host or hostess is untouchable. They lend you a microphone every day, and they can take it back. And maybe your recourse is to sue them like we see so many now. Uh, Chris Fredo Cuomo, Don Lemon, I'm sure Tucker Carlson will sue. But that's it. They take it away, and you lose that real estate. And you'll never be where you were before. Although... Tucker Carlson had spent much of the COVID-19 era doing his show out of his main home. He recently joked he hadn't been in an elevator for three years. And this is probably what broke his back. A few weeks ago, Rupert Murdoch invited Tucker Carlson to his Bel Air, California home to dine with his then fiance and Leslie Smith, who I believe he has since married. I believe that something went south in that situation. I had one opportunity, one opportunity alone to speak with uh, Rupert Murdoch years ago. Uh, News America Marketing, which is the parent company of most of the ancillary divisions of the Fox News empire, was having a gathering at B.B. King's. Uh, This isn't long before the lockdown and pandemic on March of 2020. And my friend Johnny Legit went on to become publisher of the New York Post. Said, I want you to sit down with Murdoch, have a conversation with him. I could not understand a word that Murdoch said. 
he has such a heavy accent. And it wasn't because of the noise and the music. I could not understand what the man was saying. Naturally, I didn't want to ask him to repeat himself. So I just uh, nodded my head accordingly, you know, like I was a bobblehead doll. I had no idea what he was saying. Uh, He could have been saying the worst things in the world just to sort of test me out, and I would have been nodding my head like a bobblehead doll. I think, I believe, just knowing what little I know, looking from the outside and on the periphery, probably that dinner with Rupert Murdoch and his fiance, soon to become his wife at uh, Bel Air in California, that's where the decision was made to whack him. Now, they claim Lachlan Murdoch, his son, uh, was the person who made the decision with Fox News chief executive Suzanne Scott, who I think is the woman that Tucker Carlson over and over again insisted on debasing, on uh, criticizing, on cursing at in these emails, and that is unforgivable. Wouldn't be accepted here. Wouldn't be accepted anywhere, no matter who you are. Look, you're too big for your britches. Reality uh, will hit strong. I wish him the best, like I wish everybody else uh, who gets whacked along the way or decides to go in their own direction. But we now have one side of the story. I'm the first to give you that information here. Nobody else has had privy to this information. It comes from the Wall Street Journal just an hour ago. Uh, I'm sure lawyers for Tucker Carlson will probably release statements unless it interferes with a settlement which could amount to $25 million upon his departure from Fox. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. This is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. When you find yourself in danger, when you're threatened by a stranger, when it looks like you will take a licking, <laughs> there is someone waiting who will hurry up and rescue you. Just call for super chicken. But <laughs> if you're afraid, you'll have to overlook it. Besides, you knew the job was dangerous when you took it. Drink his super sauce and throw the bad guys for a loss And he will bring them in alive and kicking <laughs> There is one thing you should learn When there is no one else to turn to call Oh, that was a great cartoon when we were growing up. Super Chicken, and we got two Super Chickens here, Lou. A number one, Donald Trump said, why do I have to debate? Nobody asked me, nobody told me uh, about the debates. 
Nobody got my approval. Like, what the hell do you need your approval for? You're a candidate like everybody else. So the Fox News Channel apparently has the first debate scheduled in August, and there's another debate soon after, and then there will be a series of debates uh, taking place. There are already five declared candidates on the Republican side. There could be um, uh, six, seven more. And for former President Donald Trump to say, oh, I, I don't need to debate. Look at me in the polls. You realize how many candidates have been ahead of the polls before there was even the first debate in, in past uh, 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 segues uh, leading up to a presidential primary? Yeah, I mean, just the goal. I'm not going to debate. What are you afraid? Are you a chicken? Get up down the stage. You certainly did it in 2016. You eviscerated your competition one by one. Imagine back then in 2016, Jeb Bush and Ted Cruz were way ahead of everybody when Donald Trump announced. And then his strategy was he was going to be uh, make himself readily available to all the networks, which he did. Uh, and then all of a sudden he started to wean away from MSNBC and CNN, and then it became Fox News and Newsmax and That was his constituency. But at first, he was available to everybody, and it overwhelmed his competition, and he suddenly was able to supersede and knock out of the box Jeb Bush, and then Ted Cruz was afraid to debate. Come on, nobody got my approval. When the hell does a candidate have to give approval for debates? That's number one. Number two, you got Joe Biden, who announced he's running for re-election with Giggles Harris. <laughs> and he's going to hide in the basement. He's not going to debate at all. What do these guys want a coronation? And maybe maybe they'll choose maybe one debate if both become the candidates of their respective parties. One debate, one debate only. This is nonsense. This country is based on the Lincoln-Douglas debates. Uh, Douglas was well ahead Uh, in the uh, U.S. Senate run in Illinois. And yet, he submitted to seven separate debates versus Abraham Lincoln. Each debate lasted three hours. They were all over the state of Illinois. Everybody had an opportunity to at least attend. And if they couldn't attend, it was covered all across the nation. It made Abraham Lincoln's career, it gave him the edge to become the future president of the United States. But the Lincoln-Douglas debates, Douglas won the election. But the voters had an opportunity to hear from both candidates ad nauseum. Now we want to restrict debates. It's bad enough that you have these moderators who jump in and give you a brisk and don't even let you finish your point. More importantly, it should be conversations between all the candidates. Let them go at one another. Okay, on occasion, it's like a boxing referee, Arthur McCanty, who might have gotten in between uh, Joe Frazier and the Thriller Manila and Muhammad Ali, and then break, and then let him get back to it. Oh, my God, the feeling of weakness from yesterday's response. Oh, Biden's not going to debate. Trump's not going to debate. They want a coronation. Maybe they'll have one debate in the uh, general run-up to the election. Get out of here. That's nonsense. There needs to be as many debates as as possible. If you're not interested in debates, if you just want to coronate your, your candidate, go ahead, knock yourself out. I'm interested in hearing from all the candidates, whether they're first tier or second tier. You never know what may happen. 
And then in terms of you never know what may happen, Hunter Biden must attend all court hearings related to his ongoing Arkansas paternity case. A judge ruled yesterday, quote, from now on, I want both clients at every hearing I conduct. Judge Holly Meyer told attorneys representing Hunter Biden and the mother of his uh, child, London Roberts. She's four years old now. He will not acknowledge her at all. The judge lashed out at the attorneys on a Zoom call Monday, complaining that litigation was taking far too long. I'll no longer allow any excuse for anybody. It's really Hunter she's talking about. He will now be required, Hunter Biden, to be present during the next in-person hearing scheduled at 9 a.m. May 1st. The judge issued the ruling after Brent Langdon, Hunter Biden's attorney in the paternity suit, told her that a laptop associated with his client and possibly containing income tax records was still in a repair shop. (laughs) What do you mean? Rudy has it. The hard drive. Uh, the guy who uh, repaired the two laptops, he doesn't have it anymore. A back and forth follow between Meyer and Langdon with the judge pressing the attorney to say whether the laptop belonged to his client, Hunter Biden. Langdon sought to distance himself from all that stuff concerning the laptop, adding that he was not in a position to even begin to answer that question. The exchange came after Hunter Biden's uh, attorney filed a motion seeking a restraining order against a former advisor to President Donald Trump, who would be called in as an expert witness on the contents of Hunter's laptop. I would suggest Michael Mbaricic, Rudy Giuliani, who was the first to let us know what was on the laptop, to be continued. And then last night, oh boy. I crawled into the belly of the beast, a neighborhood that used to be so synonymous with Tony Bennett, the Astoria kid. So synonymous with Peter Vallone Sr. and the Vallone family and the epicenter of moderate democratic politics in this city. Peter Vallone Sr., when he was Speaker of the City Council, worked with uh, then-Democratic Mayor um, David Dinkins, horrible mayor, and then when the Republican won, Michael Baricic, Rudy Giuliani, worked with him to the be- for the benefit of all. Boy, has that changed. Normally, I'm sure many of you have had an opportunity from time to time to go to a community council meeting of your local precinct. I went to the 114th precinct meeting last night at the Astoria World Manor which at one day, uh, one time, in the heyday of Astoria, was a great catering hall. Lots of marriages took place there, lots of gatherings. And I'm giving a presentation uh, in support of the police there who are under attack uh, by the forces of AOC, all-out crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and the socialists. And, I mean, I couldn't even get into it, and people were booing in the crowd. I mean... They have gall to come into the house of the police to scream and yell at the police and then to scream and yell at me. Just wanted to let you know that the past month we've been to a number of meetings here in Astoria and at the urging of George and some of the merchants, some of the residents and the candidate running for city council here, 
Kelly Klingman. Uh, we have begun our patrols along uh, Steinway and 30th Avenue. I've already talked with the police. Woo-hoo. Thank you. Thank you, folks. You hear those boos? Those were the socialists. They were the AOC supporters. They were the Caban supporters. And so I then got into the nitty-gritty, and they were like nonstop, and the cops seemed to be completely impotent. Boy, they have been abandoned by the city council. They have been abandoned by the local elected officials in Astoria, all of them socialists, none of whom were in attendance, and abandoned by Mayor Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. Just like you have a right to put up signs that say, watch the police, they're the thugs, we have a right to patrol the streets. No, you don't. This is a 114th Precinct Community Council meeting. I've been patrolling streets for 44 years in New York City, 13 countries, 130 cities. And these young, white, hipster millennial socialists who live on blind trust that their mommy and daddies have secured from them, from either Iowa, Ohio, Idaho, wherever they've come from, are telling us we don't have a right to patrol the streets to protect people, nor do the cops have a right. For instance, as I was walking around that story, they would have these huge signs that say community watch area, and then underneath it, police not welcome. On other blocks, Stop Cop City. Stop Cop City. They don't want cops there. They want criminals. Then I was on the corner of 30th Avenue and 30th Street, and for the first time I saw these signs all over Astoria put up by the NYPD. Vehicle theft location caution. Turn off your vehicle, remove keys, lock your doors. Cars have been stolen here on a regular basis. What? Then at 38th Street and 30th Avenue, incredible. While signs were up calling cops pigs, and we don't want cops here, I looked up at the signage for parking that you can never really define as to when you can park, when you can't park. And there were 12 bullet holes in it. 12 bullet holes. Ladies and gentlemen, the battle is against the socialists. That's why I started a Ronald Reagan Republican Club in the heart of the motherland of the socialists and AOC all out crazy. we got to take the battle to them. And it can't just be Republicans. Uh, we're calling upon moderate Democrats and independents and put together a coalition. Take back our city. And I'm urging moderate Democrats to fight for their party. Don't, uh, yeah, don't join the Republicans. Don't become an independent. Fight to take back your party, the Democratic Party from the criminal-loving socialists who declare themselves to be Democrats, but they're really socialists right down to the marrow of their bone. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Talking about this 
is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. What they do? They smile in your face. All the time they want to take your place. The backstabbers. Backstabbers. They smile in your face. All the time they want to take Perfect your place. Perfect OJ song is a segue into. Uh, my discussion with Sid Rosenberg and his humongous ego this morning, in which he needs a crane to get him in and out of the studios of our beloved Bernard McGurk, named in his honor. We all broadcast from here. But I am on with Sid Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, 7.05, and thank God I'm an antidote to all the ass-kissing that goes on between Sid and his many friends, because I consider myself a foe and a fiend. Just listen, I was straight up with Sid this morning, man. I didn't pull any punches about him if he wants to uh, go the way of a Tucker Carlson or Glenn Beck or Bill O'Reilly or any of the numbers who have uh, party company with their employers and try to do their own thing. Uh, man, I was straight up. I told him uh, what my feelings were. Sid, do me a favor. Leave this real estate, the number one new start station in the nation. It'll never get better for you doing morning job. And you know what? I'll be more than happy to take over morning job for you. Of course you would. In a heartbeat. Now, would you be sad for like a day? Or? No, no. Let me let me put it this way. If you were on fire in the middle of the street, I wouldn't urinate on you to put out the flames. I would say, look, I don't want the guy to die, but I want him to be an ICU for the rest of his life. But you say such nice things about me all of the time. Of course. I'm mom. stroking you. Come on, yeah. you know. None, means, of it's not, none of it's sincere. It means not. more talk time, right? <laughs> Let's face it. If I was negative about you, if I was dropping the hammer on you every five seconds yeah. on my show or other shows, yeah. all of a sudden you would treat me like a person of no consequence. That is true, yes. yes. I know I know how to work for you, Sid <laughs> Rosenberg. So there's nothing sincere about some of the things you say on and off the air about me uh, most recently. Nothing sincere. Absolutely nothing <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> Let's face it, this is teamwork here. You and I are the only two guys who know how to do talk radio here. Uh, that's, On a that's moment's notice, yes. we could get the call from the cat man, and he can say, I need you to do two hours with no preparation. The only two people here could do that. We, we've got a million Curtis yes. And by the way, not just the cat man. I can get a call from Chris Olivero tomorrow and say, hey, I know you're working at WABC, but Craig Carton is out for a week. If your boss allows you, could you work here? And I would go to WFAN, a sports talk wait, wait, station, wait. and still get an 8 Why, or a look, 9. I know, Chris. Let me give him a call. I'll tell him you're available. <laughs> you're number one in the morning. My, by golly, you're, you're perfect for sports. Why don't you move, segue over, and I'll take over the morning show. Look, how many times have I done the morning show, right? Uh, you've been great. Now, I've had more partners on radio than I've had XY. That's true. And I'd be more than happy to take his place, you see. When everybody thinks they're bigger than the company that gives them a microphone, lends them a microphone every day, takes it back, may not give it to you the next day. When they get too big for their britches, they better venture out and see what it's like to do their own thing. Because they all think, oh, it's me, it's me, it's me. No, it's the real estate. Now, they're all good at what they did. Glenn Beck was good at what they did. He'll never be bigger than when he was on 5 o'clock at Fox News Channel. But no, he had to do his own thing. Okay, now you never, he's, he's irrelevant. Uh, Bill O'Reilly, he had to leave. He started back from scratch. John Katzmatidis gave him a hand up, and he's built himself back up. But he'll never be what he was. 
when he was on 8 o'clock on the Fox News channel. Likewise with Tucker Carlson, Megyn Kelly, who decided to leave. She didn't have to leave. She went over to NBC for the money. She'd never be bigger than what she was when she eventually ended up at 9 o'clock on the Fox News channel because Roger L. said she's going to be the new face of the Fox News channel and then decided to leave for the money. Okay, you got the money, but you'll never have the same relevance. But the uh, Backstabbers uh, song of the OJs is perfect here because this is breaking news. You remember Eric Adams uh, appointed the Buildings Commissioner of New York and his administration, Eric Ulrich, the former city council person in Howard Beach, the former uh, county leader of the Republicans in Queens, a total crook and totally affiliated with the Bonanno crime family because he was a degenerate gambler. Everybody warned Eric Adams, but Frank Caron who is his crooked chief of staff and fundraiser, said, hey, Eric, if you could raise a million dollars from builders, you got it. You're the building's uh, commissioner. And then all of a sudden, Alvin Bragg's detectives rolled up on him, took his cell phone outside of his house uh, in the Rockaways. The guy has become, I believe, a confidential informant. And you know the rest of that story, and he used to badmouth me all the time. Well, guess who's taking his position? It's Jimmy Otto. The former, that's right, former borough president of Staten Island, who had nothing nice to say about me as I was the Republican nominee. He wanted a job with the Eric Adams administration. Now he is the building's commissioner, as they have determined that dozens of sites with parking garages have dangerous structural floors and did not have the prerequisite Department of Buildings inspections, or better yet, code language, the inspectors got wine dined, pocket lined, and given lettuce and scattered sandwiches to go away. Jimmy Otto, you stabbed me in the back too.